Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast for veterans and new fans alike. Coming to you from the Outer Rim this week, we are back together like Kenobi and Skywalker during the famous Clone Wars battles that obviously turned them into Holonet stars, which I think that we are now here on Spark of Rebellion. I'll be your General Kenobi. I'm Mark Asquith, and then bringing on my own chosen one himself, Anakin Skywalker in the flesh with a beard. It's Gazelle. All right. Yay! I've always wanted to be Anakin. Never get picked well, as Anakin. Yeah. What do you get picked as? It's normally like uh, Grievous or uh, you know Jar Jar. You know, one of the ridiculous characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. I understand. I understand. Mm. First time back together for a few weeks, dude. Thanks for covering during holiday times. Yeah, I missed you, man. Yeah, thanks for covering last week. Yeah, it was all good. But I've missed you, though. I'll, I'll be honest. People, you know, our listener might be saying, this is BS. I don't believe it, but I have. <laughs> Mr. Bantz. Mr. Bantz, yeah. It's been that. It's a bit of therapy in a way. Because, uh, you know, business is busy, which is a good thing. But it's nice at the end of the week, you know, on a Friday, just to just have half an hour to an hour just to turn off and talk about something that's not business. So, but then business is Star Wars. So take mm. that how you will. Yeah. And Star Wars is business. Mm. Um, and that is what we do, ladies and gentlemen. Well, look, we're going to dig into this week's Star Wars news, give our take on it and overlay it with some high quality comedy, humor and grilling. But before we do that... Of course, you can get involved over on the Twitter, sparkrebellion.com slash Twitter. Have a little back and forth with us. Let us know what you think of some of these new stories. And if you want to join the crew, you want to get your hands on some swag, you can do that as well over on Patreon, sparkrebellion.com slash Patreon, which means that you'll be part of the crew, you will get some swag, and you can do so from just a book per month. And a big thank you to all of our current patrons over there. Now... Before we get to the news, Gaz, what you been up to in the world of Star Wars this last couple of weeks, dude? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, so um, I watched a bit of the old Bad Batch earlier, so I'm a couple mm. of episodes behind on that, but I did watch uh, episode 11, episode 11, I think. Uh, it's called Devil's Deal. It's set on Ryloth, where the Empire is slowly taken over, mm. and it's got a corrupt dude at the top and he's invited the empire in and the people of Ryloth are not happy. And it's got a very young, um, what's her face from the ghost, uh, from rebels. Oh yeah. Hera. Hera. Yeah. So that's a good episode actually. And it's, uh, I'm liking how the episode is, is kind of winding up to a good climax as well. Cause this one was a real, 
Uh, I know we're going to do like an overall review of The Bad Batch anyway, but uh, this was a real character piece, this one. Like some of the other episodes have been real action-paced and it's been littered with uh, sort of set pieces throughout each one. And they kind of pick up on each character of The Bad Batch every couple of episodes. But this one was really slow. There wasn't a real big battle scene. There wasn't any big uh, starships fight. You know, nothing like that at all. So... But it was a nice kind of change of pace, though. It was that kind of calm before the storm, before everything ramps up to uh, an inevitable big uh, whatever's going to happen towards the end. So, yeah. So the next one, Rescue on Ryloth. Going to watch that later along with Infested and then just look forward to the other ones, dude. So uh, in terms of Star Wars-y stuff, um, yeah, just catching up on some Bad Batch. Nothing else, though, dude. What about you? Nice man. Um, yeah, I did the same last week. Caught up with Bad Batch, um, and I was so I'm one episode I think in front of you, um, which is which is it's fascinating actually because they they're doing inevitably what um, a lot of um, I guess a lot of these kind of shows. You know, like we didn't need Bad Batch, did we? You know what I mean? We didn't need it, but it's one of those where it's good to see some new characters, see how like the world of Star Wars is evolving post Empire. And then they throw in this big mythology piece, you know, because we've had like Kane and Jarrus at the beginning, we've had Hera now, and you're like, oh, okay, look, this is part of the wider world. So I'm all right with that. You know, I quite like that. You know me. Um, so I did that myself. Uh, I've not watched this week's yet. Finished my X-Wing, Lego X-Wing, which oh, nice. was good. Yeah. Yeah. It looks mint, dude. Got a wicked brick coming for it tomorrow, like a display. It's on the shelf behind me um, as we're talking on, on video, but... It'll be it will be on a display stand soon. Spent a tenner on it dinner. Cool, um, cool. And then started the R two. But the main thing I've been doing Star Wars is reading the prequel novels, which I talked about last week, as you know, on the, mm. the show. Um, but I'm sort of two thirds through Revenge of the Sith now, so I reckon I'll finish that this weekend because I'm stuck to it. So that's what I've been doing, dude, and it's fascinating. Nice man, nice. Yeah, I need to. Uh pad out my novelizations a little bit. I've only got one, as I mentioned, weeks and weeks ago, which is uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, which I bought at the airport years ago. <laughs> Didn't read it. I bought it to read on a plane, but ended up watching movies. So yeah, I need to pad them out. So um, not terrible though, right? You're quite liking these uh, these books. Oh, dude, they are far better than the, the, than the movies are. I mean, it's like what the movies could have should have been i think based on the scripts the um the intricacies and the background and the context that they provide especially into like anakin's psyche and some of the missing conversations like revenge of the sis one's fascinating like some of the missing conversations that obi-wan has with the council saying don't make him spy on the council uh, make him spy on the chancellor and then like the subtext and the, the kind of exposition that you get from Anakin, like fuckers making me do this. Like, this is terrible. And then Palpatine in the ear, like, well, these guys can't be trusted. You know, they ask you to do things you don't like doing. And he's like, fuck, how's he know that? And <clears throat> there's loads of little bits where you're like, holy crap. Of course he fell to the dark side after you've watched the clone wars. And then this happens. And, you know, I think it's, the only negative that I'd say with this Sith one is that they spend, he spends a quarter of the book on the rescue of Palpatine. Um, mm-hmm. And originally I was like, that's a bit much that. But what's what you get from this is that Obi-Wan and Anakin were like these hollow net news story heroes, like TV star heroes, like the faces of the Jedi, which you don't really get in the movies or even the Clone Wars. Um 
And so that landing of the battle cruiser that Anakin pulls off, it's sort of like, it's like that landing in Superman Returns where he rescues the plane and drops it in the baseball stadium. It's like that big a deal. Okay. Um, mm. And the um, the encouragement from, from Palpatine to just, okay, if you're going to beat Dooku, you're a little bit scared, tap into that and get a bit angry. And it's sort of, you get this exposition from Anakin, like, holy shit, what's this that I've just unleashed? Um, so it's, dude, they're so good. You've got to get into them, man. They're really, really good. Yeah, it does sound good, man. Yeah, I'll pick up the uh, Phantom Menace and Return of the Sith, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, revenge? Return. Re- re- yeah, Return of the Sith. Return I. of the Sith. Yeah, it's not Revenge of the Sith, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get that. I've got the OT one. Uh, yeah, which I've is not touched good. that one yet. Have yeah. you read that one then? Yeah, it's very, very good. I've got that on a couple is of different it? versions, actually, yeah. It's uh, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Does that do a similar sort of thing? Does it add anything to the canon or? Uh, it does, yeah. It does flesh out a few things. It's based very... Um, uh, so years ago, when they brought out the the old radio dramas on NPR, they were based on those novelizations, which adds in a lot of exposition and stuff around Luke uh, when he's right. on Tatooine before the Empire turn up and all that stuff, and then around Princess Leia and uh, how she gets to to actually go on that mission in the first place. And then as you get onto the, the other stories, um, stuff around... Yeah, so it does it does flesh a few, a few bits out. From the sound of it, not as much as those prequel books, but yeah, it does give you some extra stuff, which is good. Yeah, it's good. I think the prequels needed it more than that. Mm. But let's talk sequels. Uh, specifically, the uh, the Mandalorian... So we've got a couple of Mandalorian things. It's it's dude, it's been nominated for like twenty four Emmys, which is insane. It's mad. Twenty four yeah. Emmys, and apparently, apparently, season three's had a little bit of progress. I spotted it in the news this week, um, and it, it basically they don't know whether it started filming or not. Is all <laughs> it is, right? All um, it is. <laughs> all it is, right? It ju- it's it's. It's basically talking about, you know, we are ready to move. You know, this uh, is it called stagecraft? Is it called what's the, you know, the big thing that they've got, the big screen, sound screen, virtual reality, um, the big, you know what I mean? I stagecraft, I think, is the official is it, term for it now, yeah. yeah. But it was called that as well. It was called something else as well to start with, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was called, um, uh, yeah, it was called something else. Uh the volume, I think it was called before. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's stagecraft. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, they've been discussing that one of the designers, production designers, has been discussing the Obi-Wan show and, and the Book of Boba Fett, basically saying that we're, all, we're using this same tech, which we know that, you know, obviously, Ewan McGregor's confirmed that in the past as well. Um, but he did let slip that the Mandalorian season three is quote unquote in production which is interesting. Now, we know it's in production. That could mean anything from script writing, which I'm sure it doesn't. Uh, you know, it, in production, I assume to mean they are actively doing things with set design. They're actually doing something to get um, the stage set for filming to begin, you know, casting, wardrobe, all that sort of stuff. Um, so a little bit of a step forward, not much to report, and it is only a tidbit. Now, I would imagine that this is probably going to go into production as soon as Obi-Wan's finished. Um, you know, because Andor's on its way. You've got the uh, Book of Boba Fett has wrapped filming and is in post. Obi-Wan is the only thing that's currently in in uh, in, in, in filming stages, in, in principal photography, barring any reshoots. 
it feels like that's probably what's going on here, doesn't it? It sounds like all the same team is involved. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. If they want to go down this, uh, not so much in connect, uh, interconnectivity like they've done MCU, because I, I think a few of these things are in different timelines. But if they want that really cool production value to be consistent across all of them, then yeah, it makes sense to have um, the majority of the same people doing that stuff. But uh, you mentioned Andor. Uh, this same article that goes on to say that Andor's also using a stagecraft um, over at Pinewood. Apparently ILM have built another huge mm-hmm. one of these things at Pinewood and Andor's going to use that. So it's full swing, man, for a couple of these things. But I think you're right there. I think once one of these, one or the other of those wraps up Obi-Wan or, or the Andor series, then I think um, season three will crack on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree, my man. Mm. And uh, just a quick one as well. Another bit of news that we've we've seen around all over the place, but the Force.net reported it, um, which is, you remember old Luke Skywalker came back, didn't he, for the Mando season two finale? Finale? Am I school Luke Skywalker? Yes, you are. All right, Mark Hamill. Um, <laughs> so all it is, Mark Hamill put a little tweet out, didn't he? He keeps doing it. Basically, just saying I had no idea, and it was going to be a, it was a great surprise to be asked to come back for the Mandalorian. Um, and that tidbit came from the new episode of the Gallery. You know, the Gallery, which is this kind of behind the scenes roundtable interview, sort of behind the scenes, but you know, a bit of a chinwag um, discussion with people from the Star Wars universe. You know, writers, producers, directors. Um, it was a great season. One was great of that one, but they're putting a special out on August twenty fifth, which digs into the finale, Luke Skywalker's return. Which is badass, man. You know, I'm hoping Mark Hamill's gonna be on that because he's just he's just always fantastic to watch. You know, I'm looking forward. You and I spoke earlier. Uh, today's the day that uh, the He-Man Master of the Universe reboot is released. Like, he's in that, and that's one of the main reasons I'm watching it. So, it's always good to see him. It's always good to hear what he's up to him and and how he feels about you know picking up Luke Skywalker again when he thought he was done with it. So, August 25th, dude. Um, we get to discuss that, you know, with Mark Hamill, I guess. Indeed. Yeah, this is going to be a good one because that whole scene at the end, that whole last 10 minutes with Luke and stuff, it's such an important part of that of that episode. But also just that era of storytelling within Star Wars at the time as well. Because uh, honestly, if they didn't have that scene with Luke at the end, it still would have been good. But I don't know how they would have topped that really. It was kind of... It was almost the perfect climax to that, having Luke come back. So I think the making of and and looking at this finale from behind the scenes is going to be really good. And these are always really good as well. These uh, these Disney gallery things. When I watched these for the um, for the season one uh, stuff behind the scenes, they were really good, and they showed you a really good insight around not just you know the usual stuff that you see with making a TV show. You have everyone on set drinking tea, having a laugh and a crack. No pressure. But then you also saw the round table with Favreau and all the other directors and stuff. And Filoni dropped a couple of really good truth bombs as well, where he was talking about some of the uh, story makeup and the justification for doing certain things and characters and stuff. So these are really insightful, man. So yeah, August 25th, it's going to be a good one. And man, Mark Hamill was Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in for that. I'm going to try and watch one of those episodes tonight. Oh, yes. Oh, probably just binge the entire thing. We'll see. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's good to see Mark Hamill. It's always good to get a bit more content from him. And uh, obviously, in his prime Return of the Jedi 
I suppose, character, a portrayal of Luke. He's the guy that, uh, what did he do? Killed a bloody rancor. Didn't rancor. Killed a rancor. Killed a rancor. And uh, this is a really tenuous link to these stories, but we're doing it. <laughs> and... You know, we've been talk. We talked about some of the Black Series stuff from Hasbro a while ago. There's some over on my shelf now. I've just got notification that my Anakin Skywalker is on its way. That should be a next couple of days. Um, so they've crowdfunded. They did this a couple of times, didn't they? They've done it before. Um, they did the Jabba's sail barge in the Razor Crest, which um, are significantly larger undertakings than this. But they've started to crowdfund a six-inch scale uh, Rancor. And this is from their Hasbro Labs, so the HasLab stuff, which looks kind of nice. It's, you know, I'm all right. At being in a bit of a tech kind of space, I'm all right with these kind of crowdfunding things. Um, so they've they've basically brought it to market. Um, the, 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 they're going to do this rancor. You know, they're going to just go ahead and they're going to just crowdfund this rancor. And if it gets hit, which inevitably it will, um, they'll go ahead and do it. There's a little bit of speculation that they might do the, the is it Malakili or Malakli or whatever it is, the, the, the Rancor keeper, <laughs> maybe do him as a stretch goal or some, you know, Gamorrean guards or whatever. That's from the story on superhero hype. But all it is, that's what they're doing. All right, that's what they're doing. Now, what's interesting about this is that um, everyone's having a little cry about it. <laughs> Some people in the comments on superhero hype, and those guys are absolute knob rats. That is a fact. Like, <laughs> like there was the the black Batgirl casting. Um, some black African American actress, I think, or Latino actress. I don't know the actress too well, but someone that was certainly multiracial had been cast as Barbara Gordon's Batgirl, right? And on fucking superhero hype, all the races came out, and you're like, you set of assholes. Mm-hmm. So. They don't like the Rancor either because they're like, why does a multi-million pound company need to crowdfund? You're like, well, they don't, do you, idiots? It's because it's so that it's marketing and it's so that we feel involved in it. It's just clear, marketable branding and relations with your fans, you fucking morons. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, they're worried about... Here we go. Here we go. Oh, we're Disney. We can't afford a Rancor mold. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some of the comments, mate. It's, what uh, the fuck? <laughs> the other one that made me laugh, it's a comment right at the top as well. So, the Rancor will be the same size as Luke. That makes sense. Raised Jesus eyebrows. Christ. It's like In it. <laughs> and they're just like, oh yeah, based on this documentary called Star Wars, where everything is factual. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't even, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be accurate anyway, but... It's 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 uh, within scale, within the six inch range of black yeah, series exactly. figures. So it won't be tiny like <laughs> Luke. It will be taller, but it will just be in scale as part of the six yeah. inch line. A bit like what they did with um, you know the the Wampa Ice Beast and that sort of thing, where you know they're they're in scans. <laughs> so the comments yeah. they are it's it's comedy value for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just the 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 level of buffoonery. Is uh, is off the chart sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's off its head because, like, I've got the Yoda from that range, and you're like, nope, that's not six inch. He's not the same size as Luke. He's like one and a half inch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Some people, and I, I wouldn't be able to type that because I know that I'd be an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, my brain would not let me do that. Mm, I'd be yeah, like, yep. I will look an ass. 
but it's just because you've got a keyboard. Oh, man. Anyway, what do you make of this, dude? Are you going to punt in on this one? Have you? Did you do any of the other ones, or, you know, what's your take on this? Well, I didn't do the other ones, dude, because they were so huge. Like Jabba's sail yeah. barge, is, it's a massive beast of a, yeah, of a thing, is. and um, I just haven't got the room for it. But uh, I think I'm going to take a punt on this, dude, on the Rancor, because it's one of those iconic, uh, you know, stop-motion pieces from from the OT it's and I love the it's one of my um, sort of earliest memories of looking at sci-fi monsters if you like when I was a wee nipper yeah. so I've got a soft spot for it so I think I will go for it and um then I'll jump in the comments and just bash them for ages I mean another one was a uh, <laughs> uh so Michael French apparently apparently from a a website or a YouTube channel called Retro Blasting did a good video on how stupid the concept is Hasbro can cancel the item at any time but still make money from the interest on the pre I know. <laughs> on the pre-orders and stuff. It's like, do they not know how this works? That, it's was, like- <laughs> that was a fucking big one, dude. That was a huge one for me as well. What a goon. What a beauty. Yeah, are you going to go for this, mate? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but I want my interest back. You want it? <laughs> yeah. Honest to God. Hasbro, I'm going to put in a, I'm going to put a crowdsource uh, fund forward. It's all good. Uh, do I get the interest back? Uh, pending release or post-release. Just let me know and that'd be good. Thanks. Love you. Bye. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? Because again, it's like, imagine you're Disney and you're like, right <laughs> then, Chapek, what you got for us? Right. I know Black Widow did all right for us. And we got all these Emmys for the Mandalorian and for WandaVision. But get a load of this one. Make money off the interest. Do you know what I mean? Belter. Fuck me. Yep. As if somebody at Hasbro sat there, you know, the round table. Right. Money-making opportunities. Version number 24. Shoot. What you got? Well, got an interest. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Even, even trying to make a mockery of it is ridiculous. So, oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah. Haslab. It is cool dumb, name, dude. I like the logo. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, isn't it? It's cool. I'm. Go- I am going to dig into this one when it comes out. I'm going to. I am going to probably get this one. Uh, but you're right about the the, the um, sail barge and stuff. They were just a nightmare. Um, <laughs> now, let's talk Nike or Nike. Um, an unlicensed tribute to the Empire Strikes Back, as reported by Kotaku.com. Um, basically, they've they've not got the license for Star Wars, but they do it now and again. I'm not a big sneaker guy, but apparently they do it now and again where they take a very obvious colour palette and uh, bring out a range of trainers and, and that, 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 that seem to kind of be a tribute to a branded shoe. Um, so they've done this with uh, what is their Presto Mid-Utility Um which looks like a nice shoe, to be fair. It's a nice pair of sneaks. And they've got three colour palettes that they've released. They've got an Empire Strikes Back one, which is very, very clear sort of general kind of rebellion colour palette, you know, khaki greens, the mustard yellows, the kind of burnt oranges. They've got a Vader look, which is all black um, and a bit of grey and silver. And then they've got um, the Bosque, um, which is the an orange sort of cream and sort of like a, a grey and black one. And I do apologise, actually, the first one is not a generic Empire one. It's a Boba Fett colour palette, um, which is very, very obvious, actually. So not loads to report on this, other than if you're a Star Wars geek that's into your sneakers, 
these do look actually really nice. Um, I would see, I could see myself wearing the green ones and the black ones, certainly. So, guys, what do you think? Would you get a pair of these? Would you rock these on a night out down Chasers? Down Chasers. Wonder Bra's getting free. Good night, that. There used to be another bar called New York, New York. The bar, the nightclub that never sleeps. Shuts at one. So, yeah. Would I rock these at Chasers? I'm not sure. Chasers is a special place. Uh, it needs the old, you know, yuppie look, shirt and tie still. Wednesday night Raz. But yeah, these are quite cool. I think, uh, do you know what? I, I almost bought a pair of Star Wars sneaks. The last time I was in New York, a couple of years ago, I was in full, I was in an, an Adidas shop actually, and they had a wicked display, a proper Star Wars display. It was really good. And they had lots of, uh, about half a dozen different variations, like Stormtrooper version stuff. And I thought, oh, shall I pull the trigger on these? And shall I not? I thought, nah, nah. And I ended up buying a pair of Nikes. Uh, actually, not too dissimilar from these. But I'm not sure, dude. I, 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 don't, I don't mind the colorway for the, the Boba Fett ones. I'm just not a fan of the sneakers themselves. Like this, It's almost like a real soft version of the Air Jordans that are like the mid mm. versions that are not the proper high tops. And it's like the, the fabric top and stuff. So they're okay. But I think I'll pass... Yeah, I think I'll pass. Because these are probably going to be a bit pricey as well for what they are. Yeah. yeah, they will be, won't they? They're a bit of a gym shoe for me. I'd wear them. I'd wear them sort of day to day. You know, I'd, 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 I'd bez around in them. Um, I have to be honest. Um, I'm not cool enough for a high top. But yeah, all right. So that's Kotaku.com. Um, don't know when they come out, actually. It looks like next month, which, yeah, it does. It looks like it'll November. be August from what I can November. tell. Oh, is it? Because it yeah. says, oh, sorry, yeah. Next month it's taking on Star Wars, but then you're right, dude. It does say November at the bottom. Um, sweet. Sweet. And according to this, by the way, they are general release. That's the thing I just read at the bottom of that one. They're general release. They're not a limited. They're not special. They're just anyone can get a hold of them. So Cool. cool. We shall see, dude. We shall see. Right, oh, <clears throat> Princess Leia. She's making a little appearance. Um, Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi. The series, not the person, the man or the boss. Um, apparently, they've cast a young Princess Leia in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Now, this was a surprise to me. This was a surprise to me. Uh, according to a new report from comicbook.com, um, a 10-year-old Princess Leia will be, uh, will be appearing, and it's going to be Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, and she, apparently she'll play a big part and is described as the impetus for the entire show who gets Obi-Wan into another bloody adventure. Now, we all thought this was going to be Luke. Mm. Or at least, you know, Luke's going to appear, let's be honest. I did not expect Leia to cop, crop up. Um, so, a few things. This is going to absolutely feature Bail Organa. She's in trouble. Who do we need? Obi-Wan Kenobi busters. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sort us out. Who are you going to call? I mean, that's a very... Ob yeah. it's, an, it's an obvious storyline, isn't it? But, you know, we're probably totally wrong. But did you expect this, dude? No, not at all. This is a bit of a curveball, this one. Because we were 99% sure that Luke was going to turn up. With his little shaggy hair, alabaster skin, you know, rocking the Tatooine sun. We knew that was going to happen. 
you know, taking out one Pratt's in his T16, whatever. We saw it coming. But it's weird that, in a way, it's not that weird because if they want to make the world seem quite large in what's happening at that point in the Star Wars timeline, then fine. But the fact that they featured this cast, this uh, this casting announcement, and they've said that it's going to be have uh, the the actress is going to have quite a large role. That's weird, because nothing. There's there's absolutely no interaction with Luke or Obi Wan at all across that whole timeline, unless Bail Organa's like. Do you want to go on holiday? Should we go on holiday? All the rounds looking a little bit cold at the minute. I know just the spot. Plenty of sand. <laughs> all I know a guy that's got an Airbnb on. Uh, it's a bit of a hut, but he'll be all right. He'll lend it to us. <laughs> exactly, mate. Yeah, so it might be that. Should we have a little bit of a road trip? Uh, go to Tatooine. We'll stop there. Go to Dantooine. Whatever. So that's the only... Because th- it, it, otherwise it's just going to be a... Right. And then we're over on, you know, Alderaan, and they're doing their stuff. And then it flicks back to what's going on on Tatooine. So, yeah, a surprise for sure, man. I just don't know how they're going to work it in and focus on the stuff that's happening on Tatooine with Obi-Wan if this character of Princess Leia has got a large part. I don't know. It's a funny one, dude. It's a funny one. And according to the end of that article as well, um, this is this is from McGregor and the Investor Day 2020. He's got the one task left, which is to keep Luke safe. Um, and we've just this was something that he said in in 2020. Uh, and Deborah and Deborah Chow confirmed it. Revealed the Jedi hunters are posing a threat to the exiled Obi Wan. And some news that we'll talk about either later or, or next week is that apparently the Inquisitorius will feature. So now I like this because it's starting to bring everything together, you know. Um, but also. It sort of brings in uh, the fact that, that that McGregor said, we start on Tatooine and we're going on a rollicking adventure and then confirmed that it will include the rematch of the Sentry, not only between him and Vader, but between him and Vader, from the concept art at least, a newly anointed Darth Vader being confronted or, you know, confronting Obi-Wan Kenobi protecting three younglings at the Jedi Temple. That is weird. Mm. So whether that's like a flashback or... Because he wasn't at the... Te- oh, mind you, he was at the temple. He went in and gave the... You know, he did the holocron, didn't he? But then the original fight was on Geonosis. Oh, yes. Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. He did. Yeah. So they can't retcon that, surely? No, because that's... Uh, yeah. That's, that's confirmed, 100% canon and timeline stuff they can't yeah they can't wreck on that so yeah that would have to be a bit that might be a bit loose that bit that might be a wee bit you'll see it and you'll think oh wow like holy shit and then it'll be like a you know the old harp sound they used to do and the funny visual effects and it was a like a flashback or a memory you know they might do you know something like that so yeah this is sounding interesting man i mean you can see exactly why they're going to do this stuff because like you and I have said many times since this was announced, you can't just have Obi-Wan sat cross-legged on Tatooine meditating and then just spying on Luke the whole time. There's no show there. So they're going to have to throw in some other stuff that's happening or potentially happening around the time at you know, other places and characters. So you can see why they're doing it. It's going to be cool. But yeah, I think they just need to be a tad careful that they don't rock the boat. Because you know, fans, man, as soon as they start messing with that, even a little bit, 
then there'll be a mutiny on their hands. You know it. Who else is thinking about doing this, Don? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you you know that they've got to address the Anakin and Vader stuff. They simply cannot do not do that. They've got to address what Vader's doing and how Obi-Wan feels about it. You know, this is 10 years after. And I, I wonder if it's set 10 years after so that there is that scope to flash back and, you know, look at what Anakin's been doing. And maybe, maybe this will be one of those kind of pieces where it's, it's as much of a character piece on Anakin Skywalker's transition to Vader. You know, what's inside the head, inside the helmet. You know, we just simply yeah. don't know. How does how does he... Was it the first time he, he saw Obi-Wan on the Death Star since Geonosis? Mm-hmm. And we, we, that's the bit we just don't know, that stuff, in this new canon. Yeah, yeah. And they'll probably leverage a lot of the stuff that they've done in the Darth Vader comics as well. Because mm-hmm. all of that timeline is sweeping across uh, the same the same time. And obviously the comics are canon, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's all done by the story group and stuff. So they'll probably leverage some of that stuff because I know he does talk to the Inquisitors and some other people, Afra, you know, all that sort of stuff that's going on. So I'm actually excited, man. I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do more than anything. Obviously seeing Obi- uh, Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan is going to be cool and seeing Darth Vader on the screen again. It's all going to be great stuff. But I'm really intrigued as to how they're going to handle this timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, yeah. Same, dude. I think it'll be interesting. Um, and, and you know, we're going to get the Inquisitors. You know, it, 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 it's... You sort of think that you can guess what the storyline might be, but you really can't. If the Mandalorian's anything to go by, we really didn't guess any of that. You know, and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? So we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Princess Leia will be making an appearance. And I, I'm almost willing to bet that, you know, Bray or Organa, um, adopted mother, and of course, Jimmy Smith's, will make an appearance. I, I, I would suggest that's almost inevitable. And it's fascinating that we assume that he had, Obi-Wan had no contact with anyone. But we just assume that. I mean, there's nothing that shows that. It, it, we just assume that he didn't chat to anyone. Um, mm. So, you know, mm. curious, dude. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see. Now, we talked about uh, the Black Series, the Hasbro stuff. So I know we've, we've both got a few of these knocking around somewhere. Um, but the Tartakovsky... Clone Wars that we we both watched a while ago. You remember when they dropped on uh, on on Disney Plus, didn't they? They are getting the Black Series vintage treatment. So an Arc Trooper, Mace Windu, Barris Offi, Ayla Secura, and a few other B one battle droids. The versions that were drawn for that original Clone Wars miniseries are getting the Hasbro Black Series treatment, um, which are kind of cute. Um, if I'm honest, the clone troopers clearly are of that generation, but the Jedi, the the battle droid, you know, they're not that much different from the ones that are knocking about already. Um, it's more just the the, the, the printed material, the, the kind of pack that they sit within that is very, very different in terms of the animation. But these are a cute little thing, dude. They seem to be really doubling down on these, these Hasbro collectibles at the minute, don't they? They seem to be really ploughing through them and getting a lot of them out. Um, and I know you're a fan of this style animation. Are you, are you going to pick some of these up? Yeah, I think I will. I'm all over this, man. Yeah, it looks really good. That old uh, uh, Tartakovsky stuff is just gorgeous to look at. Um, all of his stuff is great, like the Samurai Jack stuff and everything. It's just... It's got such a good style to it, even though it's just 2D. It's um, It's got a great style to it. Now, the only thing I'm confused about, dude, 
is uh, it says that it's making additions to the 6-inch and the 3.75-inch line of Black Series mm-hmm. stuff, but it doesn't specify which ones uh, these figures are going to belong to. Uh, it has got a couple of product images on the cards and stuff as well, but it doesn't say... I think they're the 3.75-inch versions that they're showing. Uh, I, I could be wrong. So if if they're going to release these in the 6-inch line, then I'll pick a few of them up, uh, especially Mace Windu. He looks badass. Grievous looks good. And the... Um, uh, the Ark Trooper Captain and, you know, those sorts of, you know, the red and the blue uh, mm-hmm. clone troops. They look really cool. So I'll probably get those if they really, because I'm not really a fan of the 3.75. I've got a few of them. They're okay. Um, but the six-inch line is where I'm at. So if the six-inch stuff is coming, then I'll get a few of them. But I can't actually find out any information exactly uh, where exactly in the line these are going to drop. So, Well, Forbidden Planet's doing the 3.75 pre-orders. That's the only thing that they're doing. Mm. It does say, where it says micro-series, I assume that means number of, not physical size. I don't know, I should check the battle droid that's behind me, because that's the 3.75, and then the Yoda's the 6-inch, even though he's like 3.75 inches. Is he to scale? Uh Is he to scale, mate? Is he? He's to scale, he's to scale. The Rancor's 12 foot. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking dicks. (laughs) Fucking dicks. Fucking dick. Um, Language. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know, but they look quite cute, though. They look quite nice. I'd um, I'd have a couple of them. I'd, I'd definitely have the clones, like you said. Mm. I think the other ones are sort of average because there's no distinction for me, like between the, the the animation style and the other ones. That they've not the molds are not in keeping with the animation. Whereas the clone troopers are that that angle of the clone armor, that that angle of the helmet is a lot different. Mm. Um, you know, it's less of a it's less of a sharp edge to it. You know, you know the sitch. Yeah, um, yeah especially the battle droid. Uh, that will be a different mold, but you'd have to look at it side by side and really examine them together to notice the difference. So that especially yeah. looks like you know the other ones we've had already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, dude. I agree. But nonetheless, I do like these black series. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not. I don't mind the three point seven five. I think they look great on a shelf. The six inch obviously look better, but. Um, the, the the three inches I don't mind. I'd keep them on the card if I could get the three point yeah. five inch ones. Yeah, I'd keep them carded. Yeah, that's why I don't. Because I think they're, they're they're part of the display. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. They become part of the product, don't they? Yeah, I agree with that, dude. I agree with that. All right, the last story. Mark Hamill on July twenty first, just two days ago. Did you know? I voiced multiple secret voice cameos in every Star Wars movie released since twenty fifteen, including the sequels and including Solo, and Rogue One. Now and the Mando, yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, the Mando. Did we know this? Did we know this? We knew he did some of them, but I don't think I knew about all of them. Same. Yeah, same. This is amazing, man. It's like just when you think he couldn't get any cooler, <laughs> and it, it, it in his reach within Star Wars, uh, although it's far wide. Obviously, you would just never have thought that he would be. Like, how did this even come about? Did he say, like, I want to, I want to beat Anthony Daniels, and I want to be included in every single live action bit of Star Wars? Because you know, Anthony Daniels, it's like, you know, Falone is like, we need a, we need a three PO scene. We could do it yeah. with CG, but you know, you're busy Why? next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, go on then. 
I have to pay my own expenses, but I'll come. So maybe Mark Hamill's like, I want to be involved in everything and be Anthony Daniels. But it's just weird. You, you would just never think. Um, first of all, you'd never think, well, that's Mark Hamill. Because he's such a talented voice actor, you would never think that's Mark Hamill. But secondly, it's like, why would you want to do it? Like, how did this come about? Why? Where's the conversation happened between Mark Hamill and somebody at Lucasfilm that they've said, right, we need to keep this train going. You did the last one, you did the last one. Come and do this one. And he's like, yeah, cool. It's just a fascinating little story, man. But it's cool. It's cool more than anything. It really is, man. He um, he actually followed up with a tweet on June... Tw- oh, wait a second. Like 12 hours ago from now when we're recording this, he followed up with another tweet, which was, it was never about billing. And then he put some pictures, left, rogue one, right, solo or salary. It was for fun and the fans... In fact, I'm going to actually click through to the tweet. It was for fun and the fans because I love Easter eggs. Uh, I misremembered my pseudonym as Patrick Williams. It was actually William M. Patrick for my older and younger brothers. I'm not telling what the M stands for. Guess. So we shall see. But who knows what the M stands for? He'll probably tweet about it. But yeah, apparently it was just for the fans and for the Easter eggs. And that, I think the fans part of it just sums Mark Hamill up, dude. He's Mm. like for the fans, isn't he? He's for the fans. Yeah. And the the M's probably Mark. It's probably William, Mark and Patrick. Yeah. In that order. It's got to be, hasn't it? Oldest to youngest. Yeah. Uh, But this is badass, man. Like I said, just when you think he couldn't get any cooler, he just drops. I mean, he does this quite frequently. Sort of once every year or so, he'll just drop this tweet and it'll be like, holy shit. Like it, it didn't appear in, like this information doesn't appear in any behind the scenes nothing in terms of leaked scripts, nothing in terms of set photos or him being in a booth somewhere doing the recording, nothing like under wraps completely. And then out of nowhere, he's like, oh, by the way, I did this. Everyone's like, what? Yeah. Fair play then. And it happens a lot, doesn't it? It really is like consistent. It's not, it's almost a parody at this point because you you know he's going to do it, you know? And I'm so up for it. So yeah, fair play, Mark Hamill. We love you for it, man. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll... let you know our skeletal review later today but let's stick a pin in it there dude it's been good to be back um you know we've it's summer innit you know we're off doing our thing enjoying the sun and uh, it's good to be back in the saddle together so thank you to you the ever present listener for your support and everything that you do thanks for letting us do this and wax lyrical about everything from Star Wars to the office and everything in between we appreciate it and if you do want to get involved and support a little bit more you can do so over at sparkofrebellion.com slash Patreon and if you want to just chat a little bit of Star Wars bants sparkofrebellion.com slash Twitter until the next week it's always fun thank you so much and Gaz Pleasure to be back, dude. Uh, likewise, dude. It's good to be back talking Star Wars, as always. Uh, the Star Wars listener of ours, I bloody love you. Thanks for coming back to another week and listening to both of us this time. Uh, chat plenty of Star Wars. So take care of yourself. Stay safe and healthy. We'll see you next week. And may the Force be with you always. Always.